Welcome to the Doyen of Death podcast, funeral planning for those who don't plan to die. It's all about end-of-life issues and getting the conversation started about our 100% mortality rate. This series is hosted by Gail Rubin, certified thanatologist and the Doyen of Death. A Doyen is a woman who's considered senior in a group and knows a lot about a particular subject. Well, that's Gail. She knows all about creating the party no one wants to plan, a funeral or memorial service. She discusses the changes death can bring, and she'll make you laugh. This series includes episodes previously released as A Good Goodbye, a treasure trove of evergreen podcasts about funeral planning issues. This podcast reveals some of the mysteries and shares advice and tools that can reduce stress at times of grief, minimize family conflict, and help create a good goodbye. Remember, just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. So, here to talk about the subjects we sometimes avoid is author, speaker, and the doyen of death, Gail Rubin. Welcome. This is part two of our two-part episode. If you missed part one, do yourself a favor and go back to listen. And now back to more with the Doyen of Death. Welcome back. We are talking about Greek Orthodox funeral traditions and Father Conan Gill with the St. George Greek Orthodox Church. Tell me, tell me. What is a presbyteria? Terra. Okay. Presbytera. Presbytera <laughs> is um, well. It's similar to the word uh, presbyter, presbyteros, uh, which is priest. But a presbytera is simply the wife of a priest. So, uh, and a wife of a which... deacon would be called a diaconisa. But uh, but a presbytera is simply put as a wife of a priest. Okay, so I'm guessing people might not know that uh, priests in Greek Orthodox can get married? Well, um, <laughs> priests cannot, but lay, lay men can be married and then become priests. Oh. Um, so, um, you know, if anything happened uh, to my presbytera, if, you know, God forbid, um, you know, she were to pass away before me or, um, or, or just be done with putting up with me uh, <laughs> and leave me, then uh, I would have two choices, um, either one to leave the priesthood if I wish to remarry or um, to live out the rest of uh, my life as, as celibate. So you are married? I am married with two kids and one coming. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so when uh, one would, are there any special instructions that one would need to know about for doing funerals for special women or men in the church? No, not really. Um, you know, with the Presidenta, her the prayers are going to stay the same with regard to the um, funeral service itself, although she will be given the title, you know, she'll be referred to as whatever her name is in Presbytera. So, you mm-hmm. know, so-and-so the Presbytera is how she would be referred to. Um, but there's really not any other changes with regard to that or to any of the other um, um, 
lay positions in the church with like readers and and that kind of thing. Um, but it, it she the person who would be making the arrangements for Abdesitera should talk to the priest about any special preparations um, to be done. Now you know as far as when priests pass away, uh, the service changes a little bit um, depending on. Um, you know, who says what prayer and how many priests are present um, mm-hmm. and this kind of thing. And and actually the the service uh, before the funeral is quite different um, because there is a trisayan done the day before, uh, just like it is with a lay person, except um, the other priests in the area or within the archdiocese or the metropolis will get together and... Um, there is a a service for dressing the priest. Uh, the priest will be dressed uh, in his vestments. Um, he'll, he'll first his body will be washed. There'll be a trisayan while his body is washed and prepared, and then he will be dressed. Um, they will conclude the trisayan, and then of course uh, his body will be taken into the church, and the uh, trisayan will be done. Um, with the faithful in the church, and his body will will stay in the church overnight. Um, and then the funeral services themselves change depending on when the service is. If it's during Bright Week, which was last week, it's the week after Pascha or after Easter, uh, mm-hmm. Passover, um, mm-hmm. the service really changes quite dramatically. And then um, also if the service is for an infant or a child, um, who has fallen asleep, especially like um, under the age of seven, then it's a special service um, that's found in the pre-service book. And then, like I said, you know, the the funerals for 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 bishops and priests and deacons um, change a little bit depending on um, who is there, um, how many clergy people are there, and just certain prayers are are repeated over and over. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and that was one of the things that struck me about the service, that chanting of so-and-so has fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. And and that gets said, got said a lot. Um, yes, right. And w- what wonderful um, imagery it, it invokes in, in the congregation. Right. Uh, um, so the fact that they've fallen asleep... To, is it to this world, and the, but they're awakening in the yeah. next? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, when you ask, you know, what is death? I mean, for Orthodox, you know, um, nobody's really dead; they're asleep. It's you know, we'll often say that death is an event, is, you know, is an event in life, or maybe the event, you know, and and which maybe defines or limits or exhausts us. But you know, um, falling asleep, it's the it's the separation of the soul from the body, and it's the the disintegration of the body. It's the when the you know the body returns to the dust from which it came, um, but you know, man's soul returns to its source. You know, our soul returns to its source, um, and it's you know we oftentimes will you know look at you know what people call death or falling asleep. You know, we say it's it's you know. It, that it's it's just one of the stages of life, um, mm-hmm. you know. It's and oftentimes, you know, we, I think about it like a, you know, like a birth. You know, my wife is Presidenta is pregnant with our third son, 
And, um, you know, I, I think about, you know, that little baby, that little boy in the womb, you know, he doesn't know any better. He, you know, he loves it there. He's fed, he's nurtured, it's protected. You know, I can fill her belly and he's jumping around and kicking and pushing and doing all this kind of stuff. But, you know, the day will come when he will have to have to leave that state of, of security and come into this world. And when he comes in, he'll come in, you know, not happy, you know, as a clam. He'll come in screaming and, and fighting and crying and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, he'll cling to mama and finally he'll recognize me. And, um, but, you know, it, you know, if you were to ask him, you know, are you ready to leave uh, the, the womb and come into this world, you know, if you could ask him that, his answer would be, of course not. You know, <laughs> I've got everything I need right here. Why would I want to go somewhere where I have no idea what's, you know, going to befall me, what's, you know, what's there for me? And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with us when we, I think, when we pass away, you know, it's the anxiety of not knowing um, what's to come. You know, do we, you know, even St. Paul said, you know, he, he said, you know, he looks forward to the next life, but I mean, gosh, you know, he, he really wants to hold on to what we've got here. Because um, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what we know. It's what's, you know, it's what's comfortable. But, you mm-hmm. know, one day, you know, when we, as we get older or whatever, and we start to decline and our reflexes slow down and our memory lapses and that kind of stuff, or, uh, the condition of the body will deteriorate and um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, mm-hmm. and we'll move on. So, mm-hmm. so death is really, it's really nothing, you know, de- death is really nothing more than a birth. Um, you know, and that's the reason why the church celebrates the memory of the saints, um, you know, um, not on the anniversary of their earthly birth, but on the anniversary of their death, because it's their birth into eternity. Oh, okay. As Orthodox, we're named after after saints. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're, and we're, we're given those names to try to emulate that life in Christ. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's look at another practical issue. Cremation is, is very much a growing trend in the United States. What is the Greek Orthodox opinion on cremation? Yeah. Well, it's um, Orthodox is Orthodox, the, you know, the, the stance on cremation will be the same, um, you know, will not change depending on the flavor of the orthodoxy, the, you know, ethnic surroundings of the, of the, of the faith. Um, mm-hmm. And the, ch- the church considers cremation to be, uh, you know, the deliberate desecration of what God has made. Um, you know, even like the, the pagans, you know, the Jews always considered the body to be very sacred um, you know, and took, well, it took care of it. Um, the pagans, they, they burned the body, um, you know, and we would never do that, you know, is, so, um, mm-hmm. we, we, in, we instead insist that the body, um, be buried so the natural process of decomposition can take place. And, you know, of course, burial affirms the fundamental goodness of creation. It tests our belief in the body as as, like I said earlier, is this temple of the Holy Spirit and affirms our faith in the resurrection of the dead. If, um, if, a, if a body will be or has been um, cremated, there can be no funeral service in the church or mm-hmm. at the funeral home or um, any other location. Moreover, there, you know, there, it really restricts our memorial services, um, you know, with koliva, um, 
Oh, talk about the koliva. Uh, koliva is um, is a is a boiled wheat, um, and it's mixed with raisins, or my favorite is with pomegranate, um, and it's it's heaped up, and um, powdered sugar is put upon it, um, and oftentimes the initials of of the departed is put on there, or maybe um, the letters representing the name of Jesus Christ, I-C-X-E, Isis Christos, are put on there. Um, and um, candles are put on it, and um, it is, it's brought um, to the church on, on the days of uh, memorial. Um, and we have to have this koliva um, to have a memorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have koliva to have a memorial. And so, do you eat this, or...? You do. You do. It's quite delicious. Okay. Uh, very good. Um, and it's... it's the, the almonds or the, the, the bulgur wheat, it has, a, you know, it has the, the candy in it or the, or the um, pomegranate, so you have the sweetness of that and kind of almost the, the bitterness of, the, um, of the, the bulgur of the wheat. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds us of, of, of the, not the sourness, but of, you know, the kind of the, the problems of this world, you know, we have with the weed and then also the, the sweetness of the, of the raisins or the, or of the pomegranates, you know, okay. reminds us of the, the time to come, sweetness so the, of what's ahead. The bitter and the sweet. Yeah. Very and, okay, um, we're going to have to go to another break uh, just here momentarily, but we'll sure. continue the conversation, Koliba, and everything else soon. Gail Rubin, the Doyen of Death, has been producing Before I Die festivals for years. These festivals get end-of-life planning conversations started by putting the fun in funeral planning. Outside-the-box activities break down barriers to discussing death and planning for our 100% mortality rate. And now, Gail has created the Before I Die Festival in a Box, the comprehensive guide to producing your own community festival. It includes everything you need to create a successful event. How to find sponsors, build a team, market the event, schedule speakers, topics for discussion, workshop ideas, and much, much more. To learn how to get your Before I Die Festival in a Box, visit BeforeIDieFestivals.com or call 505-265-7215. Welcome back. Continuing our conversation about Greek Orthodox funeral traditions with Father Conan Gill. So we were talking about cremation and, you know, I know the, the Catholic Church is now allowing cremation and uh, more reformed branches of Judaism are, but um, it sounds like you get cremated, you don't get a Greek Orthodox funeral. Yeah, well, um, it, it, that depends on, I guess, uh, and you know, if we look at some countries, like I believe Japan and maybe Finland or Sweden, I'll have to look into that. I'll have to brush up on that. But there's a couple of countries where uh, you're not allowed to be buried. Um, 
And so the state itself says, you know, that's all that's open to you is cremation. And mm-hmm. for those people living in those places, um, you know, of course the church would allow that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does, it does, when you talk about cremation, it does spark um, some controversy and some people can be very upset, especially, you know, when they come to the church and want to be cremated and then want an Orthodox service. Um, you know, they're kind of taken back when they can't. Um, and I, I don't know, I try to think of it like, um, I don't know if you like gardening. I love gardening. I mean, mm-hmm. I love it. I love planting things and, and especially food, what can grow up and I can eat. But, you know, whenever I prepare my garden every year, you know, I get the soil, I till it, I do everything I need to it, um, fertilize it, this kind of thing. And I go down and I buy my seed and then I put it in the ground and I water it. I go out every day and I water it. And mm-hmm. I never go outside and water that seed, that patch of ground, expecting nothing to come up. I mean, that would be ludicrous, right? Mm-hmm. But I water it, and I water it with the expectation that one day I'll walk outside and a little monocotyledon or diacotyledon will poke its head out, and um, you know, and I'll see uh, what I've done and what God has blessed. And it's the same thing with us, you know, when we pass away, you know, our seed, our 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 body is put into the earth, and, and one day, you know, that seed will be called forward and will be given, uh, you know, new uh, blessed uh, bodies and, um, and, and will be reunited. So, you know, it's, 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 I think it's important that we understand that you know, cremation is not something that the Orthodox Church um, clamors after or thinks is right. It's a, really, it's, it's, it's not treating the body with respect. But, you know, who can have an Orthodox funeral um, is, is not the same thing as, you know, um, as funeral services conducted by others. Uh, the Orthodox funeral service is very um, specifically a burial service. Uh, as its name in Greek, it's akulothia kidias indicates. Um, it's a burial service. So um, if there is not a burial, it's logic that we wouldn't be conducting a burial service. You know, if there's nothing to bury, um, oh, okay. we would be doing the service. Um, you know, uh, likewise, um, you know, so, you know, if somebody was lost at sea or the body was not buried, was cremated, for instance, we, we just wouldn't be doing a burial service. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Orthodox funeral service is all about the body. No body, no oh. funeral. Okay. Um, yeah. And... And do you have to be Greek Orthodox? I mean, there's intermarriage of Greek Orthodox with other Christians who are not Greek right. Orthodox. Right. Uh, yeah, you'd have, to, you'd the... have to be Orthodox. You would have to mm-hmm. be uh, um, Orthodox um, to get that. Um, you know, there is a service um, in my prayer book for a non-Orthodox person, um, you know, for a service for them, but um, it's it's not typically done. It's only done in case, like, there was no clergy at all, mm-hmm. um, you know, of anybody's faith. Then um, I could do a very short service. But, um, but yeah, they would have to be Orthodox. Um, and, the, and for good reason. I mean, there's, like I said, you know, there's no real eulogies. People can't stand up in the middle of the service and say whatever they want. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that can oftentimes, um, you know, hinder... Um, people and what they want to do. It's very, very, you know, it's set. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's no real leeway. 
But, you know, I do have several parishioners who are not, you know, Orthodox, who are not even Greek. I myself am not Greek, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not a problem. But, you know, we do have a lot of intermarriage, and, um, you know, I oftentimes attend uh, funerals for parishioners, you know, for their spouses that have passed away. Mm -hmm. But I can't bury them, you know, in the church. um, Okay, okay. Yeah, and, and and not everybody, you know, everybody who's Orthodox, you know, they, everybody's, of course, um, can receive a, a funeral, but not everyone can receive a, um, even Orthodox can receive, you know, burial in the church. You know, those people who have alienated themselves from the church, um, you know, they'll get buried, but maybe not in the church, you know. It's just mm-hmm. those people who are baptized and chrismated, um, who... Um, you know, who marry civilly but are not uh, married in the church, they, they would not be allowed, um, you know. Um, the the burial. Divorced. Yeah, mm-hmm. they wouldn't get a church divorce. They wouldn't get a church burial. They could, we could, we could bury them, you know, but we may not have the service in the church, mm-hmm. you know. Or if they're divorced but haven't gotten an ecclesiastical divorce, um, or, you know, those who have, who have, done some very grievous sin, like murder, but have refused to confess it, to, to turn away from that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those who have committed suicide, um, and that's, again, a touchy subject, um, because, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes with suicide, it's we have a condition of, of mental illness or, you know, just great distress. So mm-hmm. the priest, along with the bishop, really has to look into that and uh, mm-hmm. be very discerning and prayerful. Because otherwise, uh, or maybe earlier, um, a suicide would be considered an affront to God, and and yeah, then you could yeah. get that funeral right. in the church. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, or murder, right? Um, so we were going to go back to Macaria, oh, the uh-huh. post-funeral meal. Yeah. Now, is that also known as a meal of condolence? Did I read that somewhere? Yeah, well, oftentimes, though, I'll explain it to people as a mercy meal. Um, but really, you know, it's kind of interesting. When you look at, at uh, makaria, the word itself, um, it's related to the word makarios. Uh, mm-hmm. Makarios is the Greek word for blessed. So, uh, for instance, in the New Testament, you know, when Christ gives the Beatitudes, you know, those are the blessings. Um, so it's it's a it's a blessed meal, and early Christians, you know, it's interesting. Early Christians um, were instructed by the fathers of the church to do works of charity in honor of a deceased person of their family. In fact, Saint John Chrysostom writes about that in the three hundreds. And one expression um, was to prepare a meal after the funeral uh, or after memorials. Um, for the family and the friends and the poor of the community. In fact, an early canon, um, apostolic, uh, an early canon of the of the church from 375 to 380 calls that those meals be orderly and modest. Um, and fish, um, you know, being a food used during fasting periods or um, was appropriate to the seriousness of the occasion. Um, and typically don't use flesh meat. Uh, because flesh meats are um, usually an ex- they're an example of feasting, mm-hmm. um, but we we use uh, typically 
that doesn't mean that we have to, but typically mm-hmm. we will use fish will be served um, because, and if, for the reason, of course, because um, Christ ate fish after his death and resurrection. We read about that in Luke chapter 24. Oh. Um, but, but, and fish is served as the main dish because uh, it was also an ancient symbol for Christianity, for Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's typically um, what we'll eat and... Um, and sweets, fish and sweets, or fruit, pastries? Uh, usually some, like some butter cookies, some Greek butter cookies are, are usually there, um, or some paximadia, which is kind of like a, the, it's a Greek version of viscotti that you dip in, in, um, mm-hmm. in like coffee or something like that. Um, typically there will be like a, like a shot or something of, of, um, of, uh, Cipro or Uzo or, or maybe like a, a Greek brandy um, mm-hmm. that people have out, but that's that's not, you know, that's little tea tradition. That's not part of the, mm-hmm. you know, something that has to be done. So it, a little alcohol is okay. <laughs> yeah, a little alcohol is okay. <laughs> okay. And... Um, so at this um, post-funeral meal, you would—that's when you would have storytelling, eulogy sharing. That's the yes. most appropriate mm-hmm. time to do that. Right. It would be the most appropriate time for the family or for loved ones to get up and say something about mm-hmm. um, about the deceased. Um, you know, like I said, the trisayon, uh, the memorial, the memosino, the funeral service itself. Um, there are no, um, there's really not a chance to speak. And that's, oftentimes people will want to say something, especially at the funeral home. You know, mm-hmm. family will will oftentimes, you know, say, I want to say something. And I, I tell them, well, it's not appropriate, but if, you know, if, if you must, then I'll dismiss myself is what I typically mm-hmm. try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and real quickly, we're running out of time. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Um, are there memorial services held annually after a funeral or on any kind of time frame? Yeah, yeah. Um, memorials, yeah. Um, typically what we do is um, we have a trisayon can be done um, at the time of death on the third day um, in honor of the Trinity, and Christ's three-day burial can be done on the ninth day um, in honor of like the angels on the, on the 40th day, in honor of Christ's 40 days on earth after his resurrection be done three months, six months, nine months, one year, um, and really any time the, the family feels the need. Um, mm-hmm. The memorial service, the, that's a trisayon, a little uh, memorial service is a little bit longer service. It's typically done on the 40 days, and, and again, you have to have the koliva. Um, mm-hmm. some, some, like some of the Arabic Orthodox traditions, they will bring like a bread. Um, mm-hmm. Koliva is not really within their tradition, and... and um, but so some things change a little bit, but um, yeah. Well, Father Father Conan Gill with Saint George Greek Orthodox Church. Thank you so much. This has been so interesting and enlightening, and I feel like we that we could still keep talking for another hour. But thank you. Um, our time is up. Thank you for listening to a good goodbye funeral planning for those who don't plan to die, and check my website agoodgoodbye.com. Gail Rubin, the Doyen of Death is the author of three award-winning books. In A Good Goodbye, Funeral Planning for Those Who Don't Plan to Die, learn how to save money, reduce family conflict, 
and minimize stress at a time of grief. Just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. Kicking the bucket list, 100 downsizing and organizing things to do before you die, brings a light touch to downsizing and organizing for end-of-life issues. And Hail and Farewell Cremation Ceremonies, Templates and Tips helps you easily create meaningful memorial services with sample scripts, suggested readings, and music recommendations. These fine books by Gail Rubin, The Doyen of Death, are available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. For more information, visit agoodgoodbye.com. Thank you for joining us on the Doyen of Death podcast. You can find episodes of this podcast and past episodes of A Good Goodbye with Gail Rubin on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on Gail's work, visit agoodgoodbye.com. <laughs>